The Start On Demand. demand. It's supposed to be Mackling and McGarry on the Shadow Davis Show, but today it's minus the Mackling. In fact, he's actually fled the station until 2018. But yeah, that's it's just me. They've left me alone. What were they thinking? What the hell kind of a two-bit operation they're running out of this treehouse? I'm sure by 10 a.m. they'll regret their decision to allow me to drive this bus. In the meantime, uh, I will admit it is kind of lonely in here. I sort of feel like Kramer and Seinfeld, you know, when they shut down the, the Kenny's Rogers Roaster chicken restaurant. <laughs> Never understood why, why he was shaking while he was eating the chicken on the bed. Oh, the lights just went out. <laughs> That's how I feel right now, Greg. Mackling! Anyway. Uh, but behind the glass, Jerry is here. Hi, Jerry. Hey, how's it going? I'm all right. I want to thank you for this. Jerry came in at 5 this morning, and he handed me a DVD. Robbie the Reindeer, Hooves of Fire, an award-winning animated adventure. For those who are uninitiated, we were discussing uh, favorite... Uh, was it Christmas TV specials or f- yes? And this is so. What's Robbie the reindeer? Robbie the reindeer is the son of Rudolph. <laughs> the son of Rudolph. The son of Rudolph. Rudolph has has made a name for himself. He's left the North Pole, and he sent his son to the North Pole to man him up, pretty much. Okay. Um, and uh, Blitzen is still at. He's still the team leader, and he despises Rudolph. Therefore, he despises Robbie. <laughs> Okay. He has a grudge for Rudolph because exactly. he took his spot. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm look thank you for this. I'm looking forward to it uh very much. I appreciate it. And it's uh, created by the guys who did uh, Wallace and Gromit. Oh, well, then that's that's amazing. Yeah, their their animation is tremendous and their content is always fabulous. So thank you very much for that. Uh now you may have noticed driving in or if you're on the roads right now, you might notice that gas prices are in many places on the way up to $1.129. Not everywhere, and I'll check uh, winnipeggasprices.com in a moment, but gasbuddy.com's Dan McTague, he called it on 680 CJOB Wednesday afternoon with Hal Anderson at 3.15 Wednesday afternoon. Here is what he said. We're about a $0.10 cent a litre increase uh, here in Winnipeg. Unless retailers are willing to, they're going to be buying gasoline tomorrow for $1.15. They can't sell it for $1.02. They'll lose their shirt. They have to put on Anywhere from an eight to ten cent to twelve cent retail margin. That means prices could go up as high as ten cents a liter before uh, before tomorrow afternoon, latest Friday morning. He also explained why the prices are on the way up after answering a listener question on how wholesale pricing is set and how it affects us. Okay, so what they have to look at is the Chicago spot market. It's basically uh, gasoline prices out of the Chicago uh, market. And today, the, by the way, that skyrocketed almost 12 cents a gallon. Mm. I'll get to something on that in just a moment because it's a bit of a breaking news here. Uh, what then happens is that our illustrious refiners take that price, multiply it by the Canadian dollar exchange rate, which is about 128.28. So they then uh, take that and divide it by the number of uh, liters in a gallon. And that's your wholesale price plus maybe five cents a liter because we do price above U.S. prices after everything is, uh, is said and done. We pay a little bit more of the world oil prices. And those price movements on the wholesale side move up day in, day out, usually a day or so after uh, the movements on the Chicago market. And that affects everything from the B.C. interior right. all the way out to Thunder Bay, Ontario. Everything mm. in between moves up and down. And I'm looking at a $0.04 cent a litre uh, wholesale price increase tonight, which means 
if you don't like a dollar two point nine, you're likely not going to like a dollar twelve point nine, which could start as early as tomorrow afternoon and into the weekend before Christmas. So once again, that's Dan McTagg from GasBuddy.com in conversation with Hal Anderson. That conversation was Wednesday afternoon at 3.15, and he did tell us the price of gas is going up, and I noticed yesterday uh, evening that it was up to $1.129. I'm looking at WinnipegGasPrices.com, and I do see that it's not the same everywhere. I'm um, looking at, uh, as of, let's see, as of... 15 minutes ago, there are still places. Uh, co-op on Gateway is $1.24. The uh, Domo, I think, on Academy had been listed at uh, $1.2. 100.7 at the Superstore in Transcona and Winnipeg North. Those may change uh, once they open up later today. But there are still a couple of places that are still around uh a dollar set or a dollar point seven, dollar two. So watch out for that. But in the meantime, expect the gas prices to go up to a dollar twelve nine if they haven't done so already. Got a couple of minutes left here. I wanted to play something for behind the glass Jerry because he does such a great job of of finding kooky or goofy Christmas music. So I found one for you. Oh. And this is actually going to be the subject of our trivia in a moment here. So let me just busy out the lines before people start calling. Because we are going to give away a four-pack of passes for the Winnipeg Renovation Show. This is a song that I am particularly, I have an affinity for at Christmas time. It's a a little bit strange, though. And you'll hear why in a moment. I'll play a couple of uh, verses from this rather untraditional song. This is a song called Christmas... Ground Zero by Weird Al Yankovic. It's Christmas at Ground Zero. There's music in the air. The sleigh bells are ringing and the carolers are singing while the air raid sirens blare. <laughs> it's Christmas at Ground Zero. There's panic in the crowd. We can dodge debris while we trim the tree underneath a mushroom cloud. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he takes full responsibility for going on a family vacation last year that the ethics watchdog has ruled broke conflict of interest laws. However, the opposition says Trudeau should face real consequences for his actions. With more on this... Here's our buddy Shadow Davis. Good morning. Andrew Scheer and his Conservative Party and Jagmeet Singh and the NDP have just been given a tremendous Christmas gift. And it comes from our very own Prime Minister by way of the Ethics Commissioner of Canada. When late Wednesday afternoon she informed the nation the Prime Minister of Canada had broken conflict of interest rules when he and his family vacationed last Christmas at the private Bahamian island owned by the Aga Khan and when his wife Sophie and their children vacationed there the previous March. Mary Dawson, who's stepping down as Ethics Commission January 8th, found the Trudeau's visit to the island and the Prime Minister hopping on the Aga Khan's private chopper to get there. Ugh. Broke sections of the Conflict of Interest Act that prohibits a minister or any member of their family from accepting gifts that could reasonably be seen as influencing government decisions. The almost year-long investigation suggests Trudeau could have avoided this whole thing had he come to her before going on that trip. She concluded he failed to follow his own ethics rules for cabinet ministers and that he should have recognized that going on this trip would be seen as a real or apparent conflict of interest. (laughs) Don't you think? 
Justin Trudeau is the first prime minister in Canadian history to be caught breaking ethics rules. Here's part of his bumbling address to the media yesterday. How could that not have occurred to you, with all due respect? You were going to take a free holiday from someone you consider a friend, but obviously you have a different definition of a friend than the commissioner. You knew that they had a lobbying registry, that they were set up to lobby the government. How could it not have occurred to you that that might not have been okay? The fact is, we work... Uh, the, uh, sorry, let me just try to reorder, reorder the thoughts. We um, worked with uh, the, the uh, uh, lobby conflict of interest commissioner uh, on a regular basis on a broad range of issues uh, when the issues come er, up. Uh, eh, eh, let me reorder the thoughts here. Oh, that's not embarrassing at all to the Liberal Party. He did point out the government works with the ethics commissioner on a broad range of issues when the issues come up. Are there that many ethics violations this government has made as to be defined as a broad range? <laughs> or is this just another bumble? I recall Trudeau during the election vowing to set the gold standard for transparency and ethical behavior. And just over two measly years into his first term, he's found to be the first prime minister in Canada ever guilty of breaking ethics rules. And then there's his finance minister, but that's a whole other thing. Well, at least Trudeau said he was sorry. That's something, isn't it? Here's his rationale, read the family's vacation to his buddy's private island. Obviously, obviously there was a mistake. Obviously, the Aga Khan is uh, someone who has been a longtime friend uh, of my family's, a friend of mine, a friend uh, to Canada as well. Uh, and for me to look for uh, a place to have a quiet vacation where I can have quality family time is uh, something we all look for with our families. Uh, obviously, the issue moving forward uh, will be something that I and no doubt future prime ministers will take much more seriously. Well, seeing as how Sunny Ways is the first PM to be found guilty ever, I'd suggest every prime minister before him has taken matters like this very seriously. <laughs> His popularity is dropping from coast to coast, according to the latest Angus Reid poll, and that was before all this. However, his numbers are still well within easy re-election range. So what's it going to take, folks? This man is showing himself to be a fraud of the worst kind. But hey, at least he's cute with nice hair, right? Back to Brett McGarry. Thank you very much, Shadow Davis. Like the music. Lies. Stevie Nicks. that jerry that's big bad voodoo daddy oh wow that's cool i like this i really should be taking notes of the various songs that you've played because you've played approximately 25 christmas songs i've never heard of and i like them all <laughs> do you have you been keeping track have you been keeping a list no shoot <laughs> now i have to go back and listen to the archive at cjob.com in the audio vault but it might be worth the chore brett mcgarry on the shadow davis show heading into christmas weekend hooray for christmas or is it Humbug. Why did you marry against my wishes? Because I fell in love. Fell in love with a woman as penniless as yourself. Oh, good evening. We've never had any quarrel that I've ever been party to. I asked nothing of you. I came here in the spirit of right goodwill, and I won't let you dampen it. So a Merry Christmas to you anyway, Uncle. Good evening. And a Happy New Year. Good evening. Humbug! 
Alistair Sim, 1951, A Christmas Carol, or Scrooge, depending on which side of the Atlantic you are on. It's just me, Brett, today. No Greg Mackling. He's off until 2018, which means I have sole possession of the mic. You could say I have the power. He-Man, by the power of Skull. He-Man was one of my favorite gifts for Christmas when I was a kid. I remember getting Castle Skull. I played with that a lot. Jerry's putting his headphones on. He's excited, too. Yeah, I one Christmas, I got a He-Man sword and belt. Did you really? Yes, and it, glue in, it, it glowed in the dark. It glowed in the dark. Nice. It glowed in the dark. Oh, I think I remember. I think I might have had that same sword, too. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I missed the Masters of the Universe when Geico had their He-Man commercial a few months back. That was really, really exciting to see yes. them again. Uh, but yeah, listen, He-Man, Castle Grayskull, I would have been really sad had Castle Grayskull been stolen from my home. But sadly, that's something that happens quite a bit. It takes one person to walk by to see a 10-foot pile of presents, and they think jackpot. They can case your home and make sure that you're gone, and as soon as you're gone, and they come, and they've got Christmas for their children or their family. That is Aaron Garriak from Garriak Insurance talking about something that does happen over and over again. Families packing up for the holidays but leaving their home vulnerable. As Global News reporter Zara Premji explains, new technology is helping to change that, as she learns with homeowner Ron Herman, who has his home all teched out. Ready to arm. The whole house is is, uh, motion detected. We also have um, mobile uh, cameras as well as stationary cameras that are fixed on the exterior of the house. And all of this controlled through a wireless device. Hello. Technology giving homeowners the upper hand even when they're far away. I can see my cameras. I can make sure the lights are on and off. I can check the thermostat. uh, So I can see everything. Temperatures are plunging and pipes will be bursting. There's an app for that too. Did my hot water tank burst or did my sump pump stop or did my my, uh, furnace die? All of those things are manageable now. Front door. The burst pipes are obviously a big concern this time of year, especially with, you know, the temperatures, unfortunately, that we face here. And that comes with a lot of headaches. When you're dealing with a burst pipe, you've got, if you're gone for two weeks, that's a lot of water that can come into a house in a two-week period. And now technology can help you avoid a complete disaster. We've had uh, alarms failures when we had high water for the one time when our, our sump pump failed and that saved us. Technology giving you the confidence that your home will still be standing when you open that front door after being away. Zara Premji, Global News. And here are some extra tips from Winnipeg Police. You can use light timers to give the impression someone is home. Place a hold on deliveries and mail. Store your valuables in a safety deposit box and have a friend or neighbor check on your home every couple of days. And we're actually going to be getting more security tips just after 7 o'clock when we speak with a security expert from Think Protection. And if you want more information, you can go to cjob.com. The headline from Zara Premji, Home for the holidays tips to protect your house if you will be away just got a text here at 204-780-6868 that says me too 
Behind the glass, Jerry, what are we looking at here? We're looking at the He-Man sword and shield, and the person holding it could very well be me. I mean, look at that picture. <laughs> he's wearing he's, a Superman. He's wearing a Superman shirt. <laughs> Is he wearing a Superman cape? Is, oh, no. Okay. It's that, no, it's just uh, it's, it's got blue shoulders. Yeah, I think I had this He-Man sword and shield as well. Yeah, that's the one I had. That's tremendous. Great picture. And good for this person to... That was lightning fast, how they dug that out. Just have that on your phone, looking at it one day. Oh, hey, look, they're talking about that. Yeah, because this is a picture that's clearly been scanned. Yeah. (laughs) Good for you. I applaud the speed at which you did that. So congratulations for that. In a couple of days, many of us will be leaving milk and cookies out for Santa in anticipation of Christmas morning. Most of us set aside time to spend with our families for the holiday season, but not everyone celebrates in the same way. So today we're having coffee, talking about our own holiday traditions. Joined now by Shanalee Vidal, Kelly Moore, Jeff Braun, Behind the Glass, Jerry, Greg Mackling is away until 2018, and Keith McCullough. Oh, Brett. Welcome back, everybody. One time only. Before we actually get on with this, Kelly's here. Keith is here, too. What are are you doing today? I am Jeff Courier. Oh, wow. He's going to be back before 2018. Okay. Well, hey, Keith, thanks for stepping into the breach. Great to hear your voice. Fun to be here, guys. So, uh, Shanley Vidal, let's start with you. Um, Your cats, uh, do they lead the charge (laughs) for Christmas? (laughs) (laughs) You hang them by the chimney with care? <laughs> In hopes that an angry dog might soon be there. Well, of course, my cat my cat does look forward to Christmas every year. does get uh, lots of presents. She has a cat on her sweater, by the way, which is really cute. It says Meowy Christmas. Does get it really? It says, yeah. Oh. That's it's a good sweater. Meowy Christmas. It's a really good sweater. <laughs> so, yeah, but my, my, you know, we get, my cat gets presents every year. And what we used to do when I was a kid, we used to, um, um, not my cat, but my brother and I used to get one tiny present that we would be able to open up on Christmas Eve. So I guess maybe we don't like go crazy and try and open up our presents before we're supposed to, but we actually already did that because we used to always sneak peeks at presents and we were very crafty at like kind of opening them, but then saying the cat did it. So you rip it a little bit and like, oh, the cat was ripping the presents. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> and then you kind of open it, the tape, and then you seal it back very, very carefully. Um, but you know, now I could. I'm happily happy to wait to get my presents. In fact, I'm the last one to open them. But uh, our tradition this year, it's funny. It's a. Uh, it's it's that vegan loaf that I mentioned before, and I I asked uh, like my mom and my boyfriend, like, are you sure my friend's making these meat pies, these tortillas? You sure you don't want me to get one for you? No, no, no. We want your your vegan loaf. So that's apparently our now our traditional Christmas meal. Now, Keith, I know you're a big fan of Christmas, much like we have Jingle yeah. Jerry. Uh, we could go with Christmas Keith. Um, have you gone to see It's a Wonderful Life in the movie theater this year? I have. This is the first time in probably three or four years I haven't okay. gone to see it in the theater. I'll probably watch it on Christmas Eve. It's one of my traditions. It takes like five hours on television yep. with all the commercials because it's such a long movie anyway, when really I could just skip to the last... 20 minutes, but it I'll, is playing. I'll probably watch it. It is playing is this weekend. Is it on again at, this year uh, in it's theaters? It's at uh, the Cineplex uh, McGilvery VIP it's one. It's neat to see those old those old movies in uh, on the big screen. It's uh, The first time I did it a few years ago, everyone 
got up and gave it like a standing ovation really? after it yeah. ended. Everyone was clapping in the theater and stuff. It's a it's a pretty cool experience, and I think it's a little cheaper too to get in. You mentioned it uh, watching It's a Wonderful Life on television, and it takes like five hours with all the commercials. And I've found that uh, watching movies that I would watch over and over and over again as a kid, like for example, uh, Christmas Carol, we watched it on VHS. So I knew where the breaks were, I knew which commercials would come on. So the first time I watched it on DVD, it felt wrong. Like it felt like, what movie am I watching? I don't like this. And you know, the the screen is all clear and because it had been remastered and whatnot. I didn't like it. I wanted my old crappy VHS copy. It's over in the blink of an eye with no commercials. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's because sometimes they cut out scenes too and stuff to shorten it for TV. But that's probably what I'll be doing. And then uh, pretty normal on Christmas Day, spend it with the family, watch some NBA basketball as a big sports guy. That's kind of their their big day too and then have the have the christmas dinner so nothing too too unusual but that's kind of what i do every year how many games kelly on christmas day is it three or four for the nba it used to be three i think they're up to four now it's five actually now there's five now yeah they do they start right at like 11 a.m winnipeg time right when you wake up or you finish the presents with the family and then there's one game on the west coast that starts at like 9 9 30 at night so it's the whole you can, if you wanted to, you could watch NBA basketball from 11 a.m. till like midnight on Christmas Is Day. Is there Monday Night Football as well this year? There, no, there's no Monday Night Ooh, Football. That's a good question. It's, it's the last week of the uh, schedule. Right. Or no, second to the last week of the schedule, but. Uh, I think there is a Christmas Day game, though, if memory serves me correct. I'll have to look at, well, while you're talking or Jerry's talking, I'll look that up on the sked here. Jingle Jerry, what is your tradition? Uh, Well, uh, on Christmas Eve, we always watch uh, Christmas Vacation uh, while we play Monopoly. While you play Monopoly? While we play Monopoly. So the the Christmas Vacation is just ambient... Yeah, exactly. Noise. Yeah, well, yeah. By that time, you've already watched it once in the season, so okay. so we throw that on, and then after the Monopoly game is over, we watch uh, Alistair Sims' Christmas Carol. Okay, what? Why Monopoly? That's just what Sarah's family's always done. So I just kind of immersed myself into that, and there we go. Monopoly. And it ends well. Sometimes Monopoly doesn't end well. Oh. I, I don't think the game's actually ever. Sometimes ended. it doesn't end at all. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it just like everyone's like just hours. bored with it. All right, we're done. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> vacation is over. Game's over. So let's watch Christmas Carol now. What about you, Jeff? Um, you all yours in right now is always you. You flee. Yeah, well, I go and visit my folks for a while sometime over the Christmas vacation, and whenever we end up doing Christmas, it's just a basic thing. We wake up, we unwrap presents, and I nap all day, and then we have supper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pretty basic. I don't know. <laughs> we enjoy it. Uh, what about you, Kelly? Uh, just, there are two NFL games, by the way, on Christmas Day. One in the afternoon, and then there's there the Monday go. night game. Yeah, yeah there is. Yeah. It's the follow. It's uh, the following week where the the season will end on Sunday. Um, we we always used to let our kids uh, unwrap one gift uh, on Christmas Eve, just to kind of get them uh, the motors running uh, for Christmas Day. Uh, but as as we become empty nesters, uh, I like to get up early in the morning. And uh, my wife sleeps in, so I grab coffee, and I have coffee and Baileys. It's the only time of the year I drink Baileys. And go plug in Alistair Sim. 
Okay. And, yeah, and and uh, and watch a Christmas Carol, and then everybody gets up sausage rolls or something. I I've made them for years and years. Uh, we even shipped a bunch to our daughter in BC this year. Uh, we have those for breakfast, and uh, opening gifts is kind of a, an all day event. Uh, at a at appropriate hour, we phone back home to BC and talk to our family there. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty standard as well. But it's the things that I think when you you get into. Uh, a bit of a tradition. I think it's 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 a comfort type thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's just something we always look forward to. Well, and here's yeah. one uh, because all of us work weird shifts and have worked all sorts of strange shifts over the years. Have so Chantilly, for example, has your schedule ever altered? The tradition, whereas it had to be put on hold because you were working some weird hours? Oh, yeah. Like, I think the past couple of years, I've been working Christmas Eve and, and Christmas. So, um, so yeah, we'd maybe do, like, a late night kind of thing or a late afternoon kind of. We might do, like, and maybe I think one year we did, like, a high tea Christmas, uh, Christmas kind of dinner lunch event and and sometimes we'd uh, do something at night and we'd invite some people over but it would be a, it'd be a little less fancy and I would be a little less involved in the planning so that's kind of a, a good thing because it means I don't have to cook anything what anybody else have have you had to throw off your family's routine because you were unavailable uh, I know one year I had to, we, we opened the gifts and then boom, I was gone to Grand Forks for the World Junior Tournament. That would have been in 2004 slash 2005. That, that was kind of tough. You know, everybody was still in their pajamas and just kind of lazing around and you got to take off and, and gone for 10 days. Yeah, because I have, uh, I've worked in a call center where I worked odd shifts. Sometimes it'd be working at six in the morning. So we'd have to wait until I got home at two 30 before we could open presents on Christmas day. And then I came, I went from there to here where I was, I would often work that, uh, 4am shift on the weekends and then I'd be working Christmas morning. So my, uh, family's Christmas tradition <laughs> for the better part of the last 15 years has been sort of almost dictated by my availability, which kind of makes me feel guilty. Now that I say it out loud. Oh, I thought it would maybe make you feel Brett, are important. you available for Christmas this year? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to you, Mom. <laughs> I, I have a call to take here. <laughs> yes, how many would you like? <laughs> uh, but Jingle Jerry, by the way, how... Where did Jingle Jerry come from? Who did that? Was that a Kelly Moore? That was that was, that was Shadow. Yeah. Shadow. Shadow yeah. Uh, gave me that moniker, yeah. Okay. And when does Christmas begin for you? December? Do you wait till December? I wait till December. The first the first Sunday in December is when I usually decorate. Mm. But uh, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade for me is the beginning of the season. Okay. Have you and Keith ever dueled to see who likes Christmas more? Because I know, Keith, you're <laughs> you're super into uh, the gift giving, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think Jerry would probably have me beat. Okay. I, th- I, th- I forgot about the Macy's Thanksgiving. You love that parade. I do. <laughs> <laughs> the giant Charlie Brown floats. It's going to be crushed when Macy's goes out of business. I, I'm happy to see they're getting along. I was worried we'd have to hide the candy canes because those are deadly weapons. He'll just buy all the floats, <laughs> Kelly, when they go out of business. Keep them in the studio here. You can text us your traditions at 204-780-6868. And Shanley's right. Candy canes, you can really sort of... Get those oh, down to a fine point. Who hasn't done that when they were a kid? Yeah. It's a candy cane Christmas, sweet as it can be. It is just me, no Mackling and McGarry today. Mackling is away. Greg Mackling is off until 2018. Shadow Davis is here, though. We'll hear from him later on this hour. But yeah, it's just me. They gave me all the power. 
Apologies to anyone who hates the uh, Star Wars prequels. I'm okay with Revenge of the Sith. You heard that report in Jeff's news, by the way, about that new Will Smith movie, Bright, on Netflix. Jeff's going to join me at 7.37. Couch potatoes, assemble! There are eight new movies to pick from in theaters this week, so we'll try to get through all of that. And then at 7.45, we're going to give away tickets to Cavalia Odisseo. So we'll get to all of that. A busy show this morning as we head into the Christmas weekend. Now we... If you weren't listening at 6.37, in case you're just tuning in, we played a report from Global News reporter Zara Premji, and you can read the story at cjob.com. Home for the holidays, tips to protect your house if you will be away. Are you going away for the holidays? Or maybe you're staying in town, but you have plans to attend holiday dinner with friends or family. Something you may not have thought too much about is home security. Sure, you'll be locking your doors, but your home could still be a target for thieves to give us tips on how to help keep your home safe. We're joined now by Adam Matlin, co-founder of Think Protection. He is the co-founder and CMO, COO of Think Protection. Adam, thank you so much for joining us today on 680 CGOB. My pleasure, Brett. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on here. Where are you joining us from today? I am in cold and snowy Toronto, which is not as cold and snowy as Winnipeg, but still pretty cold and snowy. How cold is it there? Uh, it is minus six today, and okay. we, we got hit with a snowstorm. But, okay. uh, you know, I'm not complaining. Hey, well, hey, winter is winter, right? It's uh, White Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's good. You know, at least you're not going to be uh, sort of dry and barren for uh, the holidays. Now, Adam, I guess uh, this is probably going to be uh, an obvious answer, but I'm going to pose the question anyway. Are thieves extra busy around this time of year? Oh, for sure. They know they know inside your house there are valuables, and they know that odds are at certain times you're not going to be home. So it's a... Uh, it's a very, uh, very interesting time for burglars, and it's a time that you need to make sure that you're secure and safe. So what should I do? Good question. Well, first off, when you're home, you need to lock your front door, uh, which you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't do. Um, you need to also have a home security system. Now, obviously, you would imagine someone like me saying this, but facts prove that houses with home alarms are less likely to have break-ins than those without. Uh, it's actually houses with home alarms are three times less likely to have break-ins. And, uh, Insurance companies give a reduction in their insurance premiums to houses with home alarms because they work. So lock your door and get a home alarm. Now, if you're not home, then there's definitely other steps you need to take uh, to prevent a burglar beyond those two. And those two obviously should be done whether you're home or you're away. But if you're not home, make it seem like you are home. If you're going out of town for an extended period of time, make sure your mail doesn't pile up outside your house. Uh, that right away, any burglar knows you're not home, and then suddenly you're ripe for the picking. Um, if there's snowstorms, look, odds are it's going to snow in Winnipeg in the winter. Uh, if you're gone for extended periods of time, have a neighbor drive in your driveway, so this way there's tire marks. Um, again, the perception that you're home even when you're not. Uh, it, Outdoor lights or indoor lights, put them on timers. This way, when it's nighttime, 
your lights are on. Again, the perception that you're home. It's very important that if someone is choosing between two houses, a burglar with, uh, with not the most uh, innocent intentions is choosing between two houses to target, you want them not to target your house because you want them to think that there's a worry that they may get caught. Yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just imagining the wet bandits sitting outside uh, a home casing the joint uh, to see if there's anybody there, if there's a kid home alone or what have you. As far as what you folks do at Think Protection and the security systems that you offer, I mean, in this report that Zara Premji did, she was talking about how technology is changing and it's even it's become much easier and mobile as well. You can check in on your home security from wherever you are. So is that the kind of thing that you guys are offering at Think Protection? Oh, for sure. We, we have uh, security solutions that run the gamut. So some that are a simple, uh, very affordable, easy to install security si- solution that starts at $200. And then you're paying $12.99 per month for monitoring where you'll know your home secure, whether you're home or you're away. Uh, it comes with a mobile phone app. So this way, if you are in the beautiful beaches of uh, southern Florida, you'll know still through your smartphone that your alarm system is turned on and that it's working. Uh, Then also we have steps up where, you know, again, very low price, but $12.99 per month monitoring. That's our thing. No contract uh, where you could add outdoor cameras. Again, giving you the peace of mind when you're on that beautiful beach down in Florida, which we all wish we were at. Uh, you could just take out your smartphone and look at what's going on outside your house or inside your house and also proactively get notifications for both your home alarm and your camera if something were to happen. Um, And again, remember, all these alarm systems that we sell are monitored alarm systems. So you have the peace of mind of knowing that when you're in the ocean down there, that if something were to happen, we're monitoring it and we're able to dispatch the authorities if necessary. But we have, you know, technology's come so far in such a short period of time that you're able to get these home alarms, which in the past would have been thousands of dollars and would have cost you monthly $50 per month, we're able to do it at such a fantastic price with incredible technology. It's pretty amazing how far we've come in such a short period of time. Adam Madlin, co-founder and CMO slash COO of Think Protection, the website thinkprotection.com on the subject of keeping your home safe around the holidays, whether you're going on vacation or if you're just going to see your family for a few hours or a couple of days. Adam, thank you so much for joining us today on 680 CJOB. time for the couch potatoes to assemble to go through all of the movies that are out this week. Jeff Braun has just stepped in from the news booth. There are eight new movies that are available in theaters, never mind this Netflix bright debacle. My gosh. Plus, Star Wars is still playing, so that's right. That's going to take up the rest of the theater space, I would imagine. Before we get into any of this, any of what's in the theaters, let's just quickly recap this Netflix business. It's a movie called Bright, starring Will Smith. And a straight to Netflix movie built for or made for Netflix. What was the budget? Sixty million. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it's a buddy cop movie, and it also stars Joel Edgerton. He's the buddy for Will Smith. They're buddy cops, and you know what the hook is? Yeah. He's an orc. That's right. Joel Edgerton. Yeah, that's it's a it, it's a world where 
fantasy creatures just live among us in yeah. modern day society. And isn't there like magic and swords and I, weird I things think so. like that? I've only looked at the poster so far. I can't bring myself to it. Looks so it looks bad. And apparently, and apparently it is quite bad. Yeah, apparently. And yeah, boring and dull. But I don't know. It's on Netflix, so I get a lot of you know. Christmas has there's I, there's stuff I got time to watch it. <laughs> Let's not just say that. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna at least sample it. I think. So a couple of these movies opened on Wednesday, right? Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle, and starring The Rock and Jack Black and others, and The Greatest Showman, which is the Hugh Jackman one where he plays P.T. Barnum. Now Jumanji getting decent reviews, seventy nine percent. Did you ever see the first Jumanji? Yep. How was that? Uh, it was weird. It was I was living in Brandon at the time, the old Grand Strand Theater in Brandon, the best theater I've ever been in in my life. Closed down now, sadly. They have a, th- uh, a thing back then called Looney Matinees on the weekends. For a dollar, you could go see a movie. Neat. So I was 19. My friend was 19. We went, and she's like, "It'll just it's a dollar. Who cares if the movie sucks? But w- apparently at the time, People in Brandon were very comfortable dropping their children off at the theater and then the parents just leaving them there. Oh, yeah. At 19 years old, we were the oldest people in a theater that held about 500 people. Okay. So for 20 minutes, it was cool. And then that place went nuts like Jumanji. And (laughs) it was just kids screaming and throwing stuff. It was so weird. (laughs) That sounds like it's more interesting than whatever movie you're watching. It was much more interesting. Yeah, it was... Well, it was one of the weirdest theater experiences of my life. <laughs> okay, so Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, The Greatest Showman. Not, It's actually getting ho-hum reviews, uh, despite Hugh Jackman being... Uh, it's sort of a passion project for Hugh Jackman, oh, really? who is... Uh, he is a showman himself. He likes to perform on stage. The so song and dance man, he is. He likes the... Yeah. The Wolverine is also a music man. There are... Uh, five main uh, primary releases opening this weekend, and then there's a sixth one at Cinematech that we'll get to, time permitting. The big one, and I'm going to play a clip here. I know you're excited about it. It's called The Shape of Water. You need to take it apart, learn how it works. I don't want an intricate, beautiful thing destroyed. We can do nothing. I'm sorry. Don't do this, Alasa. What is she saying? Don't do this. Oh, God, it's not even human. What is The Shape of Water? It's like a sci-fi romance deal from Guillermo del Toro starring Sally Hawkins, who plays a janitor at a government lab. And in this government lab, they have got this this creature from the Black Lagoon kind of creature all chained up. And she and the creature sort of fall in love, and then she wants to help it escape from the bad guys, basically. Getting great reviews, lots yep. of Oscar buzz. Yep. Okay. Uh, movie also getting Oscar buzz is this. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender! Darkest Hour, starring Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill. Oddly enough, in the second movie about Winston Churchill in the last three months, I think, hmm. Brian, I think Brian Cox played him also in a movie called Churchill. Hmm. Uh, but Gary Oldman's getting all the Oscar buzz. Yeah. Apparently, he's the front runner for Best Actor. That'll be interesting. What, has he ever won? Um, that's a good question. Did he not win for like Sid and Nancy or something like that? Maybe 
I'm going to have to look that up off the top of my head. I'm not certain. Uh, but he is easily one of the greatest actors of, of all time, quite frankly. What will be one of the most terrible movies of the year is called Father Figures, uh, starring Ed Helms, Owen Wilson, a.k.a. the Butterscotch Stallion, and Glenn Close. And this movie was supposed to come out last January. Yep. And it had a, I won't even say it, it had a curse word for a title at the time. <laughs> this is raunch comedy. Anyways, Ed Helms and Owen Wilson play brothers who aren't sure who their father is. Turns out their mother was a bit of a tramp. So they hit the road to investigate all these different potential dads. And it's supposed to be a comedy. Apparently it's pretty bad. Also, this Matt Damon downsizing movie is getting terrible reviews. Really? Yeah. And it's a, it's a, from Alexander Payne, who usually makes really good movies. But it's about, it's, you, it's literally downsizing where he gets shrunk to about two inches tall to save money and save the planet. Okay. And it's supposed to be a whimsical comedy drama. Oh, yeah. It's at 53% at Rotten Tomatoes. And, you know, here's a clip from Downsizing. The cause of all the catastrophes we are seeing today is overpopulation. We are proud to unveil the only practical remedy to humanity's gravest problem. Are you ready, Doctor? Yes, I'm ready. Well, I mean, hey, it's a creative sort of story. Yeah, it's a fun premise, but I guess it just doesn't really amount to much. And then there's uh, Pitch Perfect 3. Which will be exactly what you think it is, I imagine. Pitch Perfect 3, here's a clip from that. Calamity, this is serenity, veracity, and charity. If I joined your group, I could be obesity. (laughs) Rebel Wilson. She's funny. Yeah, she is great. We're just getting a text here, by the way, from somebody who says, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. Best Actor Oscar, Gary Oldman. Yeah, I'm not nominated for one Oscar. He was nominated for Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but he did not win that year. The uh, I don't. Let's see if I can quickly. Best Actor who was uh, Jean Dujardin for the, the artist. artist. Yes, yes. Okay, and uh, what was the other movie? Did we get? Pitch Perfect, Shape of Water, Darkest Hour, Downsizing, Father Figures. I should mention uh, Cineplex VIP uh, Theater at McGilvery. Has, they're playing Die Hard nice. over the next few days. Playing, I saw that. It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, and I think I saw Miracle on 34th Street as well. So a handful Pass. of Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> Pass the disgust. Go see Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm channel uh, made sure to tell me that this is playing at Cinematheque. It's a film called The Little Hours. And it stars Allison Brie and Aubrey Plaza. And uh, it's the medieval nuns who lead a simple life in their convent. And But then there's a particularly vicious session that drives someone away. And uh, you know what? I don't know what this is about. <laughs> but Shanna <laughs> Lee likes it. Right. So I want, she told me to mention it. I'm mentioning it. The Little Hours playing at Cinematheque, which actually also playing at Cinematheque is that uh, 78... Uh, two documentary. That's the one that about the making of Psycho. Um, that's uh, seventy fifty two. Pardon me. And I think today is the last day. So you want to check that out? It is at Cinema Tech. Jeff Braun, thank you very much. Uh, Couch Potatoes is on. By the way, tomorrow afternoon at one o'clock. Oh yeah, tomorrow's regular program, right? Right. Yeah, one o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and then four o'clock. We're doing our favorite TV shows of 2017. You can already get that show on podcast at Google Play and on iTunes. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a Who's performing this one, Jerry? Dweezil Zappa. Dweezil Zappa. In case you didn't know, the original singer, Thurl Ravenscroft, is also Tony the Tiger. I just always find that fun.
Got such a great voice. If you notice your iPhone slowing down, it's not in your head. Here's Shadow Davis to explain. Good morning. If you're the owner of an older model iPhone, you're going to want to hear this. And I'll admit the headline comes off as very uh, sinister sounding. (laughs) But when you hear the explanation, you might just shrug it off, okay? On Wednesday, Apple, after months of speculation and consternation on behalf of their very loyal customer base, finally admitted to slowing down their older model iPhones. Hold on, hold on, hold on, people, hold on. It's actually saving you. It's to help you. It's to help us all. Apple spokesperson Tara Hendela said it protects the batteries on the older devices. Here's a direct quote. Our goal is to deliver the best experience for customers, which includes overall performance and prolonging the life of their devices. Lithium-ion batteries become less capable of supplying current demands as they age and have a low battery charge, which can result in the device unexpectedly shutting down to protect its electronic components. See? They're saving us all! And so naturally, as an iPhone owner who's not right up to date, I want to know how they do this, which phones are currently being affected, and which ones will be affected going forward, and what actually constitutes old anyhow. So here we go. They implemented this feature using iOS updates, iOS updates. So if you've done an update on your operating system with a 6, a 6S, or an SE model iPhone, your phone is already noticeably slower, and that happened a few months ago. If you have an iPhone 7 or 7 Plus like me, your phone will be slowed down once you download the 11.2 iOS update. Let's keep in mind iPhone 7 and 7 Plus only came out in September of last year. And I'd suggest most people waited to get their 7s until this year, so how is this old anyhow? Apple's been receiving some serious backlash and public shaming this week from people claiming that it's just a way to get more people to upgrade to the 8, the 8 Plus, or X model iPhones. Okay, so there's this guy John Poole, he's the founder of Primate Labs, and he did some research on this iPhone slowdown phenomenon well before the Apple announcement on Wednesday. And some are saying he's the guy that forced Apple to come clean in the first place because he released his findings that Apple is slowing down their phones this past Monday. And he also said after Apple's announcement that their poor communication on this issue may lead users to believe their phones need to be replaced. Never mind that, I just started my two-year deal and I'm not paying another thousand bucks for another new phone. You're probably saying that too, right? Damn right. But Poole says, no, no, no. All you need to do is replace the battery. So you take your 6, your 6S, your SE, your 7, or your 7 Plus to the Apple Store. You get a new battery. Should cost you about 100 bucks, And your iPhone should operate like it did before the slowdown. So is Apple saving us, or is this planned obsolescence? It doesn't really matter, does it? Because whether you get a new iPhone or just replace the battery, Apple wins either way. Until you decide to get a Samsung or say hello to Moto. Hello, Moto. Back to Brett McGarry. Thank you very much, Shadow Davis. I've got an LG G6. Previously, I had a Samsung Galaxy Note 4. And uh, I'm not an Apple guy. So, yeah. I don't have to worry about that stuff. Before I say hello to our next guest, I just want to let Global News anchor Loren McNabb set up this story a little bit. This is... This ran on global television earlier this week. The fridge is stocked. The tub's full. 
And when this new ice cream shop on Osborne opens Thursday, Joseph Shaban and his wife hope it will be packed too. We're so excited. Bringing flavors from home. It's known with the smell of the rose water in it. To Winnipeg. I can do the science part, but flavors, she's, I would say, the queen at it. Proud of each other and this city. It's remarkable. It was exactly two years ago the couple first shared their story with Winnipeg. Every time we, me and my sister. Happy to call Manitoba home, but worried about 13 members of Zainab's family still stuck in a refugee camp after fleeing Syria. Desperate to leave, but no idea how to get out. Then Joseph stumbled across a meeting with the South Osborne community. I just said my wife needs help. And you have such, such great people that stepped up. Still emotional when explaining how that community raised more than $140,000 to bring the entire family to Winnipeg. And now they're having a life. Now they saved 13 people's lives. Her sister and a nephew will help in the shop, and as it grows, perhaps room for more staff too. But for now, what they're really hoping... This place is a gratitude to the South Osman community. ...is to serve up this thank you. Thank you very much, Global News anchor Loren McNabb. And in studio we have Joseph Shaban, who is the owner of Shaban Ice Cream, which is in the old Banana Boat location on Osborne Street. Joseph, uh, thank you so much for coming in. And the, the store opened yesterday. How did it go? Yes, thank you so much for having me here. How did it go yesterday? How was your first day? I was, to me, it was a success. Mm-hmm. I had so many loved ones there and friends. And it was so exciting just seeing new faces that were eager to see the ice cream and taste it. Yeah. And I was overwhelmed because they give good reviews and God bless them, really. Well, now, one of the things that I like about the fact that you have opened this business is that you're open in December because a lot of ice cream places shut down for the winter. Which, and I've always scratched my head about that because the cold does not deter Winnipeggers from consuming that stuff. I look at the Slurpee, for example. We are the Slurpee capital of the world. Why not the ice cream capital as well? So the fact that you're open, I say good for you, sir, and I'm going to have to come try it. Thank you so much. Like, um, I knew I had to create something that is unique and different from any other ice cream. And because I have a dairy background... I said, let's implement some cheese products inside our ice cream and some other dairy products like sour cream and uh, cream cheese. And we use a lot of ricotta and cottage cheese in our ice cream flavors. So I really wanted to do something exotic where people can really enjoy the ice cream and feel like it's worthwhile going and trying. And a lot of the ingredients that you're using are locally sourced, right? Yes, we strive on being local. Uh, we get our raw milk from from a farm here in Manitoba. Um, we pasteurize it on site. We do all of our ingredients from scratch. Uh, like an example, we have another farmer that he supplies us beets. So we get the beets and we roast it in the oven. And from that natural color of beets, we get a really beautiful color. And because beets is such a strong taste, we have to 
put sour cream and ricotta cheese inside to mellow down the that taste. Mm-hmm. And it also uh, gives nice texture as well. And then we mix it up with uh, orange zest and poppy seeds so you can have some fun in your mouth. This sounds all so creative, and uh, I never, never would have put beets and ice cream in the same sentence. Now, how long have you been in Canada, in Winnipeg? In Canada, so I'm a second-generation cheesemaker. Uh, I'm originally Lebanese, and my father, he moved to Germany because of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, he studied uh, cheesemaking between Germany and Switzerland. And then he moved to North Africa and Tunisia, and we had our own cheese factory there. And since I was a kid, I can remember waking up in the morning and eating brie every morning for breakfast. Wow. And it's such a delicious breakfast. And then just surprisingly, we moved from Tunisia. And knowing from your kid that your father is very successful because his cheese is all over the country and in airports. Uh, when he made the move to Canada, it was shocking for us kids because we went from like high life to like I would say normal life and then maybe even less than normal. Mm-hmm. He came to Canada with about seventy dollars uh, French dollars. Okay, and. He struggled when he first came, and he had some consulting jobs for cheese. And but when I when I asked back, because we had a rough growing, he said, "I would have done it again." Yeah. Because he wanted to be part of uh, the free world, and he wanted his kids to have a good future. Mm-hmm. So I'm very proud that. I named it Shaban Ice Cream because it's really for my father. Mm-hmm. And he did all this to come to Canada and give us a good life. And I thank him so much for that. And and uh, we only have about 90 seconds left here. But uh, yeah. so you, you're you now doing well in Canada and your, your wife Zainab, uh, her family of uh, refugees from Syria, uh, we, that's where we first met you and your wife, and they, her family is all now here as well? Yes, they're all here. They're all living their lives now, and we're so excited because we saw like a birth happen, like 13 Syrian refugees that the South Osborne community and Winnipeg and Manitoba brought here to Canada. And you can see these people's lives changing from the first day they came and now having jobs and going to school and living a normal life that that we don't see every day that if you're a refugee in Syria or from Syria or anywhere in the world, we don't see that. And God bless Winnipeg and the South Osma community, honestly, because... It's overwhelming. It's like a dream that just happened. Shaven Ice Cream is the new business. It's on Osborne where the banana boat used to be. Joseph Shaven is our guest. Thank you so much for joining us today, Joseph. Congratulations on the success of uh, the business and and just all the, uh, the, the joy that you've been able to experience recently. Thank you for telling us your story. 
Thank you for having me. With the kids off school for the Christmas break, they could soon be coming down with cabin fever. Iron Man. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting flooded with memories of badgering my parents and driving them insane. So no doubt you've been thinking of fun activities that the whole family will enjoy, a.k.a. get your kids distracted. And the Manitoba Museum has plenty of family-friendly fun in store for you over the holidays. And to tell us more, we're joined by Scott Young, manager of the Science Gallery and Planetarium at the Manitoba Museum. Joining us in studio, Scott, nice to, to meet you. We yeah. usually always talk to you over the phone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's nice to be in here. So thanks for coming in. And we, we got to start with the non-such because yeah. this is closing. You're shutting her down for a little while well, coming yep. very soon. That's right. We've got some renovations coming up, which we can talk about. But the uh, every winter holiday, it's kind of a big deal for us because the kids are off school, like you say. And, and we open up the hold of the non-such. That's the layer underneath the main deck, which normally is closed. You can, you can kind of see down there if you stick your head around a door, but all you see is sort of just a, a narrow corridor and a low ceiling. But we take people down there in groups and uh, sort of show people, you know, you see the top of the ship and it's like, oh, the captain's cabin, that's pretty nice. Well, that's not where the sailors slept. The sailors slept in the low, stinky hold with rats and barrels and all sorts of stuff like that. Now, we don't have rats in there anymore. The conservators <laughs> won't let us keep actual rats. Mm. Um, uh, it but, would make, make it more authentic. Well, it would. It would. <laughs> but there's there's a lot of paperwork around that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's really exciting to, to get people down there because it's this sort of forbidden area. You're, you're not allowed to go. And now suddenly you're going behind the scenes and you just get a, a greater appreciation of what it must have been like to be on the nonsuch going across the ocean in this tiny little ship. Um, it, it, it was basically the Apollo moon missions of the of the 1600s, really. And uh, we, we sort of don't appreciate that. Why is it normally closed? Well, mostly for conservation reasons. Um, it's difficult when, when you've got a ship that's out of water, it's difficult to keep everything sort of stable and stuff like that. And the hold is also an area where, unless you have a staff person down there, it's kind of a place where nobody would see you. And back in the old days, there have been a couple of instances of there's there's a couple of graffiti incidents down mm. there. Somebody carved a, their name in the side of it and stuff like that. So so we can only do it when we staff that area. And we can only really do that during the, the busy times like, like um, uh, winter break. Um, spring break is just too crazy for us. So this is a really good fit. And uh, even though it's not terribly Christmassy, it does – it's sort of become a winter tradition and people are calling saying, are you opening the hold again this winter? I want to make sure I bring my, my family down. So it's become a nice winter tradition for us. The non, And please forgive my ignorance or, or my, my terrible memory, I think, more than anything. Is the non-such, was it actually a ship or is this a replica of something that was on the water? Well, both. Um, for the, the uh, 350th anniversary of the Hudson's Bay Company, they commissioned a replica of the original Nonsuch. The original Nonsuch sailed into Hudson's Bay in 1609. Um, that one is not around anymore. Okay. But they made this replica for the anniversary, and that sailed in England, and then they carted it across the Atlantic uh, on, a, on a cargo ship, and then it sailed on both coasts and the Great Lakes before finally getting trucked here in the 70s, and then we built the building around it. Um, so it's both a replica and an actual ship. Um, and we use it mostly to interpret the... The, the historical thing, but then, you know, one of the reasons that we're renovating the gallery is talking about the replica as an artifact as well, because it's 50 years old now, and it's uh, it's got its own little story of, of, you know, the people that volunteered to sail this thing were kind of part adventurer, part crazy, part, um, you know, just really, really interesting people. Um, 
And that's the same kind of legacy that all the way back to the beginning of the Hudson's Bay Company that this country was built on. So the non-such uh, exhibit is going to be closing on January 7th until June. What are you renovating? Well, the ship itself is going to remain largely intact um, because the ship is it, its so amazing uh, an experience to get on there. But one of the things that we don't always tell the best um, story of is sort of the surroundings. The, the ship is actually right now set in England where it was built. Um, but people just sort of think, oh, it's a little town. It, they don't really understand the context. So we're renovating the spaces around it. We're providing better views of the nonsuch from the other side. There's sort of like um, a, a new balcony that's going in mm. with, uh, with some interpretation. And all of those buildings, which right now are just sort of empty, are becoming... Um, enlivened, shall we say. So there's there's going to be a tavern where you can hear stories of, of the voyagers and things like that. There's going to be more uh, interactives and, and uh, just a, a richer experience. And we're just going to make sure we tell the story of Nonsuch um, so that people don't come in and sometimes people come in and say, oh yeah, let's go see the pirate ship. Well, it wasn't really a pirate ship. This is what it was doing and, and this is why it's important. So we want to make sure that people don't, don't miss out on that in the sort of the immersive experience of the of the ship. Well, I, I know that when I went to the, would go do the tours as a child to the museum, it was always my favorite spot. And and then when I went back as an adult, I remember the for the first, going back for the first time. And it's, man, that, it's just such a special place, a special ex- experience. And the, the feelings that sort of, oh, it's, it's an overwhelming sort of thing to be in and be a part of. Oh, I absolutely. And, and it, it, like I go in there sometimes, you know, when it's just quiet and I just need to get away and think, get away from the office kind of thing. There's just something magical about that space. And we're going to keep all that magic. And we're just going to add a little bit more opportunity for people to have other magical experiences to, uh, to understand the story. Scott Young is our guest. He is the manager of the Science Gallery and Planetarium at the Manitoba Museum. We're talking about stuff you can do with a family over the holidays. The Nonsuch exhibit is closing on January 7th until June for some renovations. The cargo hold is open. That's a special holiday treat. And that sounds actually really neat. I want to check that out. But there's also some new stuff, Scott. You've got some new shows at the Planetarium. What, what do you got? Yeah, well, we, we run our special holiday programs and uh, so in the planetarium we always have our live sky show which is like a tour of the current sky which is which is always there and and that's fun but we also have a, a special show called uh, season of light um, at this time of the year we've got Christmas we've got Hanukkah we, there's a whole bunch of cultural festivals that all happen right around this time of the year and it's not a coincidence that they happen now there's astronomical roots behind it we have the winter solstice and that's ultimately astronomy. So basically, these 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 things all happen at this time of the year because of astronomy. And we'll, the the show goes into some of that. We talk about uh, everything from the Star of Bethlehem to um, the Yule log to Christmas lights and things like that. Um, the Hanukkah candles and explain some of the the cultural and astronomical significance. And that's that's a really nice show because it's got great music and it's just sort of. Uh, relaxing kind of thing. It's a nice, nice retreat from if you're out shopping or whatever and have to fight the crowds. You can pop in there and relax a bit. Um, and then I think my favorite holiday show is it's called the Alien Who Stole Christmas. <laughs> Imagine you know for a moment, twas the night before Christmas, except instead of Santa coming to your house, Santa is kidnapped by aliens okay. and uh, goes to visit all the other planets. Um, and it, it does have a happy ending, but it's, a, it's, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek way for us to show the kids all the planets in the solar system and talk a little bit about them in a just sort of a holiday-themed kind of rhyme uh, format. And that's been – we've been running that show in some version for 
15 years and every year we have like we have people that have grown up and then still want to come and see it so it's kind of a tradition for us engineered for speed was that we have a racetrack in our science gallery um and we've had the racetrack itself for a while but we just renovated it and added a bunch of new things to it the uh you you basically you go in and you use connects pieces to create your own racetrack or your own race car and then drive it on a 25 foot racetrack uh, sort of Formula One style. Um, it was hard for kids to build the cars and really understand sort of the, the design, the engineering behind it. So we redid all the instructions. We added a gravity track for Hot Wheels cars with loops and jumps and things like that. Sweet. And then, uh, I mean, that's been huge. Um, we're, uh, it's amazing the experimentation that's going on there. It's, it's science, but it's just fun. And then uh, our friends at Red River Co-op Speedway gave us a race car from the track. So... It doesn't have an engine in it, but you can climb inside it, strap in in the five-point harness, and uh, and sort of be in the race car. And it's been a a constant photo op. Basically, selfies are just going there all the time, and uh, not just for kids. It's it's adults that are climbing into that car, and it's a it's a tight fit if you're more than about five feet tall. So, yeah. Well, I mean, what you guys do there is just a reminder that learning is fun, and I know I think we, especially kids, sort of have this instinct almost to, to push back. Oh, I don't want to do that. That sounds like something I do at school. But then you go. I remember going to the planetarium and I'm dating myself horribly here, but in 1986, I believe, is when Touch the Universe opened. Yeah, that's right. And wow, my, my all of our minds were just blown by the stuff you had in there. Yeah, you know, I, I was there on opening day as a kid, and so it's kind of cool that I now I work there. But um, yeah, the idea is that we don't want to do stuff that you can do in a school or at home on Google or whatever. I mean, people are used to learning in different ways, but we really want to... Fun is a prerequisite to any kind of learning. You, you just, if you're not having fun, you're not really learning. And so we want to encourage the fun and let people experiment. And w- the coolest thing for me is we design an exhibit. We figure out, okay, this is what people are going to do. This is how we're going to do all this sort of educational theory and stuff behind it so that it's, it's great. And then the visitors go in and they use it in a way you totally never saw coming but it's totally valid and they're experimenting and they're learning and they're they're taking what you've done, given them as a tool and they're going beyond it and that's that's the essence of science that's what's driven humanity to to the stars basically that's that's what uh, we want to encourage in people and then when they go back to school they'll think oh yeah i was in the science gallery and i did this cool thing this is like that and they'll connect it to school they'll connect it to work they'll connect it to their daily lives we have about uh, 90 seconds left here. Just got to quickly ask you, Kelly Moore was saying he thinks he may have seen uh, northern lights or some sort of bizarre columns in the in East Winnipeg around 4 this morning. Uh, when you see those those sort of pillars of light in the winter, what's going on there? Yeah, basically, um, those are they're, they're called light pillars, and they're basically from lights on the ground that are reflecting up through the ice crystals in the atmosphere. At, at certain temperatures, the, the ice crystals in the air excuse me, um, form certain shapes and orient themselves in certain ways. And that's how you get things like sun dogs. Uh, there were great sun dogs uh, the, the other morning as well. And um, these light pillars sort of form the same kind of thing. And they're, they're really striking because they look like these searchlight beams pointing straight up. But they are from just uh, the atmospheric conditions. And they're, they're pretty rare, but we just had great conditions over the last couple of days. All right, Scott Young, what's the website, by the way, if people want to check it out? Yeah, all the details are always uh, manitobamuseum.ca. Scott Young is the manager of the Science Gallery and Planetarium at the Manitoba Museum. All sorts of stuff to do for the family over there. Thank you so much for coming in for the studio visit. No problem. Merry Christmas to you as well, sir. Yes, it's Christmas.
Saving that for the finale. Some Queen. You know it. Hello, <laughs> boy, Jerry. Didn't even know that existed. Question of the day, by the way. Has your home ever been broken into? Yes or no? CJOB.com is where you can answer that for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. Get two quotes before you call them. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace. 204-832-6243. And this has to do with a story from Zara Premji. Home for the holidays. Tips to protect your house if you will be away. You can see that story at CJOB.com. And we also had a conversation on that very subject. Ways you can protect your home while you are away, whether it's out just visiting family or on vacation. We've got a couple of minutes left here and just want to follow up a conversation that we had earlier this week with our friend Chris Jenselowicz, a senior national online reporter for Global News, and it has to do with Star Wars The Last Jedi. We told you a story earlier this week that there are some hardcore fans out there who are really angry with this film. One of them so angry that they created a petition to try to get Disney and Lucasfilm to remove The Last Jedi from the Star Wars canon. Well, the story at globalnews.ca, Star Wars, The Last Jedi petition creator, backtracks, calls it a bad idea. This is from Chris Jenselowitz. Regrets from Last Jedi fan petition creator. The petition's creator, Georgia native Henry Walsh, has now backtracked on his initial mission. Initial mission. Uh, I did say that right. Saying in retrospect, it was a bad idea. He updated the petition on Wednesday, adding a note explaining his new position on the matter. It appears Walsh does not want to be associated with the so-called alt-right in any way. He says, quote, people have been conflating this petition with a growing theory that all Star Wars fans who are displeased with the new film are members of the alt-right. We are, or at least I am, absolutely not. The issues people with this petition have has nothing to do with race, gender, or creed of anyone and has nothing to do with real-world political affiliations. The majority of people in this film are here because they feel that the legacy of Star Wars was mishandled and didn't enjoy the film nothing more or less. Wrote Walsh, who adds, hey, I still don't like this movie. <laughs> so he's not changing his stance on the film, but he's pulling out of the petition because he doesn't want to be associated with the alt-right. That's interesting. I recommend seeing the film. I gave it four couch cushions out of five. This weekend, Couch Potatoes, by the way, counting down a favorite television shows of 2017 and we're also going to be counting down our favorite movies of 2017 you'll be able to hear that on boxing day that's all the time we have brett mcgarry no greg mackling next week he is on holidays until 2018 behind the glass jerry marvelous job as always with all the excellent christmas music you have selected this week and shanley vidal thank you and thank you for listening to 680 cjob and the shadow davis show The Start On Demand is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.